Good morning, City Church. This is City Church Together. I'm Trevor, and this is Wednesday, January 20th. Today, as promised, we are going to discuss something that sometimes people get hung up on as they go through the book of Joshua, which is the book that we are going through together as a church on Sundays in a worship gathering. And this is the passage about Rahab and the lie that she tells. So I'm going to read that, and then we'll talk a little bit about that in case this has been an issue for you. Is God, does, is God condoning lying? Is lying something that we are allowed to do? Is our, our ethics situational? All good questions, and we'll try to give some response to those today. By we, I mean me. All right, Joshua 2. Verse 1, Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two men as spies from the Acacia Grove, saying, Go and scout the land, especially Jericho. So they left, and they came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelite men have come here tonight to investigate the land. Then the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab and said, Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, for they came to investigate the entire land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. So she said, Yes, the men did come to me, but I didn't know where they were from. At nightfall, when the city gate was about to close, the men went out, and I don't know where they were going. Chase after them, quickly, and you can catch up with them. But she had taken them up on the roof and hidden them among the stalks of flax that she had arranged on the roof. The men pursued them along the road to the fords of the Jordan, and as soon as they left to pursue them, the city gate was shut. That is the word of the Lord from Joshua chapter 2. So um, let's run through some, uh, or let's ask the big question. Um, One, uh, Rahab told a falsehood here, um, otherwise typically known as a lie, all right? She knew where the spies, she knew that they were spies, she knew where the spies were, um, and when asked, she did not. She she didn't just you know plead the fifth, as it were. She actually misled these um, king's men, as they're called, or guards. Uh, we could think of them as, um, and sent them in the wrong direction on purpose. Um, we have two uh, New Testament references to Rahab in Hebrews chapter 11. Rahab is commended for her faith, for welcoming the spies. And in James chapter um, 1 or 2, um, uh, Rahab is commended for welcoming the spies and receiving the spies and helping them escape. Okay, so to note, first, there is, just as a matter of fact, there is no commendation in Scripture for Rahab's lie explicitly. In James or Hebrews, it doesn't say, and Rahab had the great faith to lie, or James doesn't say, and Rahab's faith worked out in this lie that she told. Okay, So you don't have that. Um, another thing to consider is the Bible is also explicit, and explicit in James and in Hebrews, Um, that Rahab is a prostitute, um, which also doesn't mean that the Scripture wants you, the reader, to consider prostitution as a possible career choice, even though there is no tacit or explicit condemnation of the profession of prostituting that surround Rahab. It is mentioned as a matter of fact. Okay, So that is there. 
Um, all that to say that there is a line of thinking that says, well, just because the Bible says that Rahab lied doesn't mean that the Bible is telling us that it is okay to lie. Um, I think that is a fine, I suppose, explanation if, if, if that's where you land on Rahab. I personally do not land there. Um, I think um, in this case with Rahab, start with the lead, um, I think what she did is not only acceptable, I believe it to be commendable. Um, let me tell you why. Um, while you can look up in a Webster's Dictionary the term lie, and you can get a, a dictionary definition, and it might be you know, to mislead someone, which misleading is happening here, um, I, I like to think in terms of what's going on, and that is the pursuit of righteousness. Um, and there are a couple of ethical kind of frameworks that you can run through your head um, to ask if you're being consistent. If you say, oh, no, Rahab lied, and that should have never happened here. Um, let me ask, uh, let me give you some questions. Um, you know, one of the classic ones is, were the Allies in World War II justified in deceiving Hitler concerning the location of the Normandy invasion? In other words, the fact that, you know, in, in a war that we don't communicate with our enemies. Yes, we're going to attack here. Um, are you, uh, uh, I'll give you a fun uh, seminary story. Uh, when I was in seminary, um, we lived in seminary housing, and I was outside uh, after a football game um, between the Indianapolis Colts and, I don't remember the other team. This is when Peyton Manning was playing, uh, Chicago Bears maybe, I don't, who knows who what it was. Um, anyway, the, 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 it was near the end of the game and the Colts needed a first down. Okay. If you're sportsy lost right now, don't worry, hang with me. The point is a quarterback often, often will attempt to draw the other team off sides by pretending that they snap the ball without really snapping it. So Peyton Manning pretends to snap the ball, the other team jumps offside, they get a penalty, the Colts get a first down, and they eventually win the game. So I'm outside with my seminary neighbor, and my seminary neighbor says to me, uh, uh, Tony Dungy was their, their coach at that time, and my seminary neighbor says to me, I'm so disappointed in Tony Dungy. I said, you are? They won. He's like, yeah, but Tony Dungy is an outspoken Christian, and that was deceptive, what they did at the end there. I was like, um, I think that's just a part of the game of football. In other words, and, and you know, it, it, any Survivor fans out there, you know, I, you've asked this question a million times. If you're on the game Survivor, is it acceptable to lie in the game Survivor? I got another theory about that. But think about poker, you know, poker. Is it okay to bluff? Here's the point that I'm making. There are, we consider... Um, we consider lying and truth-telling in the context that it is happening, and we also consider it in, the, um, um, in sort of the right of the other person to receive that information, um, the timing of it. Luke chapter 24. Ask some more questions. Luke chapter 24. Um, let me just read this if I can get to it quickly. In the New Testament, Jesus is walking along after his resurrection with two guys on um, the Emmaus Road, and uh, he's talking with them. He doesn't say who he is. They don't recognize who he is, and um, they explain to Jesus how confused they are. 
And Jesus says to them, verse 25, How foolish and slow you are to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. They came near the village where they were going, and, and here it is in verse 28, and he gave the impression that he was going farther. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening. So he went in to stay with them. That word in the Greek where it says, he gave, that's a great translation, he gave the impression, it means Jesus knew what he was actually going to do. And yet, he acted as if, to, to, um, in the situation that he was in, he acted as if he wasn't. He knew he wasn't going on down the road, but he, he gave the impression that he was. So that, that same question comes up there. Is that line? No, it's not. We understand we understand that the way um, that there are contexts in which we um, um, uh, there are contexts in which a lie is or there's falsehood and there's lies. Um, is it a lie to wear clothes? That's not what you look like. Is it a lie to wear clothes that make your body appear to be a slightly different shape than it is? Is it a lie for a police officer, an undercover police officer, to wear plain clothes and not to drive their um, their cruiser. Um, is it uh, is it a lie to um, tell your wife that she um, at she, you're throwing a surprise birthday party for her? Is it a lie to tell her that you're going to spend a quiet evening at home when there are are uh, 50 people who are about to um, uh, scare her? Like, is that a lie? And and of course, to Alma, I would assume to most of those things, we would say no, absolutely, that's not a lie. Why? because we are understanding the context in which they happen. Okay, so now let's go to the context of Rahab and the spies and these king's men. And uh, this also applies, by the way, to another famous, was God okay with this kind of lie? And that is with the Egyptian midwives. Um, yeah, with the Egyptian midwives in um, Exodus. All right, Rahab's context is she has recognized these men as um, of Israel, God's people, and she has recognized, like we talked about this last week, that Yahweh is the one true God. She has also recognized that these men's lives are on the line, so are the lives of her family. By the way, the same thing that happens in Exodus with the, with the Hebrew midwives is um, they recognize that, that people's lives are going to be lost. Um, same thing that we would recognize in war or, you know, in Nazi Germany and hiding Jews. Um, and in that context, what she is doing is not lying in the way that lying is forbidden in Scripture, and it is. What she is doing is preserving life, and she is recognizing that those, the, the, the king's men, in this case, have forfeited their right to know the truth. By They forfeited their right to know the truth by being against who God is and what he desires. So, um, would I commend Rahab for that falsehood? I absolutely would. Would I commend, um, would I commend any um, people in World War II who told soldiers, no, we have no Jews here, even though they're hidden behind a wall? Absolutely. Would I commend you for wearing clothes and hiding your true self from me? Absolutely. Please, hide yourself in that sense. The problem comes in when we twist this. The problem comes in when our wicked heart looks for loopholes to obey God. And that's some of the danger. I think that's some of why we want such an absolute statement of do not lie and it to apply here. 
is because it 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 disconnects us from the hard work of wisdom and it also you know we if if you truly want righteousness then you hate to see people twisting the truth to get it or using loopholes like this to well it was okay for Rahab to lie or well, Jesus pretended like he was going down the way so I can you know so I can um tell an untruth about this listen the devil is a father of lies and in Jesus he is full of grace and truth he is truth he says so what we're asking about with the words that we say is do these words glorify god do these are these words working into the plan of god it's not uh, you know in in romans paul says should we uh, romans 5 i think or 6 you know should we sin so that grace could abound no absolutely not in other words we we should not lie for the purposes oh god'll work this out or or we should not lie. Well, I've got to lie here because there's a bigger, you know, there's a bigger thing that God's doing and I got to get us there. No, 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 no. There should be a commitment to the truth. But there are times, especially in these times like Rahab, where you are preserving life, where, where telling a falsehood might be necessary when you recognize there is someone in the context that you're in who has forfeited their right to truth. Now, that is a very sticky subject to cover in a short amount of time, okay? And I realize that you could think, I can already, as I'm saying it, I can think of a thousand ways that this can be abused. Um, but could God think, of, God think of a thousand ways that, say, sex could be abused? God think of a thousand ways marriage could be abused? Could God think of a thousand ways leadership and authority could be abused? Yes, but he also created those and gave us to those as gifts. And so what really is at the bottom of all this is are you walking closely with Jesus? Do you understand who Yahweh is, what his character is, what his hesed love is, and will you act out of the wisdom of walking with that God? God is relational, and understanding what to do in given circumstances does not come from the pages of an ethics textbook. It comes from a real-life relationship with God. It comes from the living and active Word of God that you must be in and you, and you must be close to walking with this God. You must be in that Word, walking with this God in order to make those kinds of wisdom decisions. Without the withness of God, your line, will be, your line or telling falsehoods will be some, for, some ethics formula or you will twist it to simply meet your own needs. All right, so City Church, I hope that explains a little bit. Um, any questions about this, you can um, always reach our elders at er- elders at boroughcitychurch.com. Um, and uh, w- I, w- I would welcome uh, any questions or follow-up that you have because it's a kind of a sticky subject to cover in a short amount of time. But uh, be encouraged. Our God is a God who doesn't want to just give us a set of instructions. He wants us to know him and walk with him. And so let's pray that we would do that. Heavenly Father, you are good. We know you are. And when we see things in Scripture that confuse us, we don't have to be afraid of them or run for them or even seemingly explain them away. But we do need to walk closely with you. We need to ask you and be honest. We need to ask the church and be honest about what's happening in Scripture. So thank you, Father, for being a God of wisdom with whom we walk in a relationship and we live out of that relationship in the world around us in the different contexts and that are presented to us. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your truthfulness. And thank you for your preservation and salvation of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
City Church, go and multiply the gospel. And that's no lie.